0: Her name is Kristen, and our daughter, I guess pretty much everyone probably saw her by now. Um, She's probably waving at everybody and everything, but her name is Everly. She just turned one year old, and God has called us as missionaries headed to the country of Mozambique, Africa. So we'll show the video now, and then I'll come back and share a few more things. Well, I hope you enjoyed our video, getting to see a little bit, um, a little bit about the country of Mozambique, getting to hear our testimony. And what I'd like to do really is really um, to share a little bit more of my testimony with you tonight. I want to tell you about the first time that I ever got to go overseas and visit with some missionaries. It was just several years back. Um, some, some friends of mine were going on a trip to China. They invited me to go, and I had the opportunity, and uh, so I went. And we were here, we were in China with this missionary, and he took us all over the city, and we got to see so many different things. But I just want to share one quick story um, about that trip, because there was one thing that I saw that, that on that trip that I'll never forget. The missionary, he took us to a Buddhist temple. Anyone here ever been to a Buddhist temple? Nobody. So you have no idea what I'm about to say. Oh, you guys have. Okay. I can't say just anything then. <laughs> but um, so, we went to this, so we went to this Buddhist temple, and I'll just tell you, I'd never seen anything like it before. Because as we, we went up into this temple, we began to see idols, real idols that people worship. And, you know, I, I realized that there, there are times in the Bible we read about people who worship idols. There are maybe pictures that I've seen of people worshiping idols, but I'd never seen a real person in front of me actually worshiping an idol until we walked into this temple. And as we walked into the main room of the temple, there were idols all around, but the the really big ones were all around the walls. They were probably about, I don't know, 15 feet or so tall. Just very large idols. And I'll never forget, as we walked in, the very first idol on the left Underneath that idol, there was a man bowing down and worshiping the idol. And, you know, I, I feel like sometimes, at least, at least where I was in my life, I was completely disconnected to the reality of this world. I was disconnected to the millions upon millions of people that put their hope in idols, put their hope in religion, put their hope in things that are never going to take them to heaven. I was looking at that man that day, And I was thinking, he's probably at this temple because he's got a need. He's probably there because he needs his God to do something for him. But if you read your Bible, you know what the Bible says about idols. Our Bible tells us that idols have eyes, but they cannot see. Our Bible tells us that idols have feet, but they can't go anywhere. Our Bible tells us that idols, they have ears, but they can't hear they couldn't hear that man's prayer can't hear anyone's prayer praise God I'm I'm glad for the testimonies tonight because we have a God that hears and answers prayer and that's something we need to remember that's something that we always need to remember in in our daily lives our God hears most people worship an idol their God does not hear I was remembering looking at this man and the idol can't do anything for him that idol Or that man, one day he wants to go to heaven. But the idol can't take him there. Our Bible is very clear. Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. That's it. There is one way. Do we really believe there's only one way? We do, because that's what our Bible says. But here was a man that didn't know that. Here was a man that was lost and on his way to hell, worshiping an idol. You know, the Lord was really working on my heart about missions even before that trip to China. And if that's all that I saw in that entire trip, I I know that the Lord could have used that. But I'll tell you this story about this man in the temple, it actually gets worse. Because as I was looking at that man that day, worshiping the idol, I saw right next to him was a little boy, probably about seven or eight years old. And there he was, dad, teaching his son to worship the idol. I can imagine what he would say. Dad went to the room of his boy early that morning and said, Hey, son, get up. It's a special day today. We're going to the temple. We're going to to the Buddhist temple today. We're going to go worship our God. He may even said, you know, we have a need in our life. We need our God to do something for us. So the boy gets up and gets ready, and then they begin going to the temple. And I can imagine, as they're going to the temple, that, Dad is telling the little boy about all the times that he's been, about all the times that his dad took him to the temple when he was a little boy, and all the things they had done and seen over the years, it's a sad, sad thing, religion. They're not going to heaven. You guys realize that? And there are millions and millions of people just like that in our world today. I was thinking about that little boy, thinking about the situation in the temple, and I was Thinking about and wondering why that little boy in China that day, why why that boy wasn't me? Because you know I had the chance to be born in America, and I praise God I had the chance to be born in a Christian home where my parents they taught they taught me the Bible. I remember sitting at our supper table um, every night and we would talk about church, uh, not not running down the preacher. I'm not talking about the bad things. We just talk about. You know, talk about the preaching. We would talk about God's word. Talk about what was going on at church. And my parents taught us to love church. They taught us to love God's word. We would pray together, and all of these things. And my parents, praise God! I say, if we're, we're praising God tonight, I praise God for godly parents that made it important, made it a priority that we went to church, where I got to hear the gospel, and I had the chance to be saved as a six-year-old boy. I praise God for that. That is a that is a privilege that the majority of the people in this world do not have. Do we, we, you realize that? I was thinking, why was that little boy in China not me? Because of all of the blessings that I had. Because I could have been born in China, and I would have... Would I have got to hear the gospel? If we were not born in America, I don't know if y'all were born in America or not. I'm, just, I'm making a, an assumption, I guess, right now, but... What chance would we have to hear the gospel? What chance would we have to hear the truth if we were not born in America? Did you ever think about that? You know, uh, the Lord is just really working my heart about being a missionary after that trip. um, Because there is such a great need in this world. There really is. such a great need for people to hear the truth. It really wasn't long after that trip to China that I knew that's what God wanted me to do. He called me into ministry. He called me to be a missionary. And Kristen and I, we were married in October 2020. And we started praying about where God would have us to go because you could literally go anywhere in this world. There's going to be a need for the gospel. I mean, you could go. I mean, I've just been talking just recently to some people that have been out west in the United States of America like Seattle, Washington, and places like that. And uh, there's a lady at our home church. She told me that she had just been out to Seattle, Washington for work. And she said, Jacob, it's a, that's a wicked place. That is a wicked place. That's America. There's, there's a need right here. But as we were praying over the world, the Lord put Mozambique in our heart. We started praying about this country, praying for the people there. Mozambique is it's a country in Southeast Africa. There's over 30 million people that live there. 65% of the people in Mozambique are under the age of 25. It's a very young country, but certainly a very needy country. As we're praying about it, the Lord gave us a chance to go and see it for ourselves. So we, we went to Mozambique. We met with a missionary who's been there for several years. And he told us, he said, I don't know of hardly any missionaries that are here really preaching the gospel. He said, there, there are missionaries here doing all sorts of different things, but the most important thing is the gospel. But there's very few really preaching that message. It's kind of sad to hear. that mission, why, why would someone go and not preach the gospel? I don't understand that. Uh, we, won't, we won't get in that topic tonight. Um, but he, w- he was saying that they didn't know of, of a lot of missionaries that were really preaching the gospel, but they had been praying that God would raise up more laborers for Mozambique. I'm excited to tell you that God's answering that prayer. God's called me and my family to go. Uh, We know of several other families on their way to Mozambique right now, raising support to get there. Um, I was talking with a pastor just recently. He said, I've had several missionaries headed to Mozambique call me in the last few weeks. He said, I would never had any missionary in all my years of pastoring ever call me going to Mozambique. But here in the last few weeks, I've had three or four. He said, God must be wanting to do something in Mozambique because he wouldn't be sending somebody there or this many people there if he didn't want to do something. That's kind of exciting to think about, kind of exciting to hear. Uh, but we were, um, we, we were there, we, we got to see it. I want to tell you one quick story about a man that we met in Mozambique and then we'll, we'll, get, uh, we'll move on because yeah, we need to move on, right? Um, I want to tell you about a man named Elu. Elu is a, a Mozambican man that we met in Mozambique. He had been saved in the ministry of this missionary that we were visiting. And Lu he shared his testimony with me. Elu said that he grew up in a very traditional Mozambican family. He said they didn't go to church anywhere, but they did have a religion. It's called animism. Animism is the worship of spirits. It's the worship of your ancestors that have passed away. They go to the witch doctor and they have sacrifices and rituals that they do so that they can have favor with the spirits and they can have a good life. That's what they were doing in Elu's family, but they noticed something very bizarre. It wasn't working. Animism wasn't working. It promises them a good life and it, they were not having a good life. So they began to look. They were searching for something else, searching for something better. So they saw a little church not too far from their house and they started going to it. But I wish I could tell you that this was a good church. But it it really wasn't. At this church they started going to, they did not preach the gospel. At this church they went to, they didn't even open a Bible. I don't know if we can really hardly call that church. But here they were, they were going to this church and they preached a message. They said, if you are a good person then you get to go to heaven when you die. But church, we know that's not true. I mean, if you, you read your Bible, you know it's not, what, it's not what we do that takes us to heaven. It's what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. The Bible says in Titus chapter 3 and verse number 5, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. That's what it's about. But they didn't know that. So here you was. He was trying to live a good life. He was trying to be a good person and earn his way to heaven. But we know he was never going to make it. Never was. But praise God, one day the missionary came and um, invited Elu and his family to church, shared the gospel with them, the the true gospel, what the Bible actually says. And um, Elu and his family, they had never heard that before. But They were very curious. They began to hear it. They began to go to church. And Elu and his whole family, they trusted Christ as their Savior. Praise God for that. It's just, it's just amazing to think about how the gospel, it works. It works in people's lives. It changes lives. So here Lu was when we were visiting him. It, it had been several years since he had gotten saved and he had been discipled and, and taught and trained. He got really excited about just doing something for Jesus right after he got saved and began reading and studying his Bible, going to church all the time, and really growing. Lu he had uh, grown up, he had gotten married, he had, his, he had a baby, and he had bought some property on the outside of the city and was building a house for him and his family to live in. And he noticed something in his new neighborhood. He noticed that there were no churches at all, n- no churches. So he said, we've got to do something about that. So he, he looked around and he said, well, I can't do much, but I will, I'll just go around and, and, and invite people to come to my house to study the Bible with me. So that's what he was doing, going out, inviting people to come to his house. And guess what happened? People came to his house to study the Bible. He actually, it began to grow to the point they had to actually have two Bible studies a week at his house because so many people were coming. People were getting saved. People were learning God's word. And they said, you know what we really need? We really need a, a church that we can meet at where we can worship. We need, a, we need our own place. So they got some property, that they built a building, and they began meeting at this church, but they had another problem. Because now they have a church, a place to meet, but they did not have a pastor to lead them. So they began praying that God would send them a pastor. And it's amazing how God works, because they have a pastor now, and his name is Lu. The very same man that God saved years ago, that got excited about doing something for God, started this Bible study. God called him to preach. God called him into ministry, and he started, it, he began pastoring this church. Um, I tell you this story because that's really what we want to do when we get to Mozambique. We, uh, we've been raising support for a little bit over a year now. Uh, we're about, we're just over 60% of our support that we need to move to Mozambique. And we're looking to move there this coming January. And when we get there, the first thing we'll do is learn the language, which is Portuguese. Uh, which, after we, while we're learning Portuguese, we're going to preach the gospel. We're going to start telling people about Jesus. And I'm confident. Not in me, not in myself, not in my ability, but I'm confident in the gospel. I'm confident in God's word. It's going to change lives. People are going to get saved. And as people get saved, we want to just disciple them, teach them God's word, teach them to live for Jesus. And as we do that, I really believe God will work in the hearts of some of those young men, just like he worked in Elu. And God will call them to preach. God will call them into ministry. And we want to start a Bible college, a Bible institute, start training these young men to preach and teach the gospel. And we want to plant churches all over the country of Mozambique, Africa, because that's what they really need. Uh, I that's what really what they need to out. think about LDU and his family, I think, sometimes. What if, when they saw that their religion was not working, what if they went to a church that actually preached the gospel? And imagine the difference that could make. There are people that are realizing religion doesn't work, and they need lighthouses of truth in their own communities that preach God's word, and that's what we're looking to do. Um, so if you would, please pray for us as we continue to raise support. Um, if you would, you know, we've got plenty of prayer cards. You can have, each one of you can have two or three. Uh, you just got to pray two or three times harder, okay? Uh, but just grab a prayer card and pray for us as we continue to raise support and pray that we have safety as we continue to travel. And just pray that God would go before us into Mosambit, be, begin preparing the hearts of the people there for us as we get there and begin preaching the gospel. Um, so, that's the end of my presentation. Are there any questions? Does anybody have a question for us? So, we could begin learning it now. Um, the, the, the reason that we're waiting, it's really part of it's a recommendation from our mission board and uh, missionaries that have been to the foreign mission field. They say if you learning it in the country... When you're fully immersed, you're learning um, you're learning that dialect, um, so it it's a better you're better able to really learn the language that you're going to be speaking. Any other questions? Yes. So the the religion I kind of mentioned is called animism. That is, it's it's a religion, but it's it's very it's very tribal, and it's kind of ingrained with their culture. So it's kind of across the board. Almost everyone believes in animism. But when you look at the actual religions, um, the majority is, number one, is Catholicism, um, about 35%, and then it's followed by Islam, about 25%. And then after that, um, it's a lot of your charismatic type of Christian um, religious groups. Anything else? Yes. So we have a, this is the missionary that I mentioned that we had visited is there, and um, he's been there for several years, and Lord willing, we'll be able to work with him and that ministry there. Um, the man that I mentioned, L.U., um, he's there as well. He speaks English, uh, a little bit of English, so we can communicate with him. Um, so we have some people already kind of boots on the ground to help us to get started. Yes, sir. Yes, so um, the country is actually pretty big. It's The land mass is about twice the size of California. Uh, but we're planning to start in the capital city, which is the very southern kind tip, uh, tip of the country. The capital city is called Maputo. There's about three million, pe- uh, 3 million people that live in the capital city. And that, we're planning to start there because that's where the missionary is that we're going to be working with. Um, and then we'll, just, we'll see how the Lord works and directs us, see if he would like us to stay right there or to go to another part of the country um, later on. Any other questions? All right. Yes? Um, Not incredibly high. I mean, there's definitely some dangers. Like, we'll have to be careful, especially going in certain areas of the country. The very northernmost province of Mozambique is where most of the Muslims live. And there's a couple um, of terrorist, like, Islamic groups so we have to be very careful of that area. Um, there's a lot of, like, petty crimes, like a lot of, like, theft. People try to, like, we'll break into your house and things like that. Uh, I mean, as long as we, we take precautions, we'll get um, – we'll have a wall around our house. Most of the houses have walls around them. They have um, electric wire on top of them most of the time. We'll get a couple dogs um, and things like that, and we'll be – We'll be as safe as we can, but it is a third world country. Um, But the Lord will take care of us. Yes. Uh, So majority of the people in Mozambique live in villages. Like when you think of Africa, you think of like villages with huts and dirt floors. That's really majority of the people in Mozambique. Um, You're looking at probably... 60% Sixty percent live in in the villages like that, um, so it's very poor. Um, that, that's why I said the the average or the the age of the people. You know, sixty five percent are under the age of twenty five, and part of that is because of the poor living conditions in the country. A lot of poverty, a lot of malnutrition, a lot of disease. Um, so there's certainly a country full of a lot of physical needs. And we'll see how the Lord directs us. We can help in those areas, but we don't want to overshadow the importance of the gospel. There, there are a few industries, like jobs that people do. Um, there's a lot of tur- like tourism industry is there. Um, but most of the people where they're making money is through agriculture and through like fishing Um, like those sort of things that's where people are mostly making their money someone else yes Uh, they do have schools but their their education system is very poor um, they just do not. They don't teach very thoroughly. So a lot of times, when um, when students graduate from school, they're they're not very proficient at reading and, and things like that. So it's just a very poor school system. Uh, but they do have they do have public schools. Um, it's just not they're not very good. they they already have a bible that's translated in port, into portuguese um so we don't have to we don't have to do that yes um i don't know i i don't i don't have an answer for that i'm not sure um that's something i'd have to ask the missionary that's already there to see if he has access to bibles i'm not really sure um, there are, I know of at least two ministries here in America that print Bibles, print literature for missionaries, for churches that have already said that they'd be willing to send us Bibles in Portuguese, gospel tracts, and any kind of literature that we would need. They would be glad to send it. So um, I don't know about the access in Mozambique, but I'm not worried about being able to get li- being able to get literature, being able to get Bibles. yes 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 yeah so they have they have radio programs so we could we could potentially um i mean my dream i guess and i don't always get to share this with the church but my dream is to be in almost like every part of like the of the country that we can be in like i would like to be able to be on the radio and have a radio broadcast a radio program saying like getting to preach the gospel to people that way being in newspapers and magazines and billboards I mean I don't want to be like over the top but we want to we want to get the gospel out there we want people to know the truth and be able to uh, find a church that preaches the truth and really um, be effective witnesses in Mozambique but they do have radios and all that and I believe the the missionary that's already there. I believe that he did at some point have a radio broadcast ministry. I'm not sure if they're still doing that or not. Well, hopefully we can get into the schools and preach in the schools. Maybe we can go to um, like if they. I don't even know if they have nursing homes, but hopefully we can go to nursing homes and preach. We can go to hospitals and and minister to people and you know just. Everything that we would do here in America, it's wide open there that we could do. All right, anything else? If not, we'll get into God's Word. All right, if you would, just go ahead and uh, open up your Bibles. Um, go to Romans chapter thirteen. And I would just like to say I appreciate your questions. Appreciate you all being being so attentive to us this evening, and. If you have any more questions, we'd be glad to answer any of them after the service tonight. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I just, I, the Lord just really put this thought on my heart. And I just want to share this with you and be an encouragement to you all tonight. Romans chapter 13, we'll start reading in verse number 11. The Bible says, And that, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh to to fulfill the lust thereof. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the day and your many blessings. Thank you for being so good to us and all that you've done. Most of all, we want to thank you for sending Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins, that way we could have a way of salvation, that we could have hope and eternal life in heaven one day. Lord, we ask that you'd help us tonight as we stand to preach your word, that you'd help us to be honoring, pleasing to you, and a blessing to your people. We sure do love you. We thank you and praise you for it all. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When we look at this passage here, I was just thinking about this text the Lord put on my heart. I'm thinking about Paul writing to the Romans. He's, he's writing to them, and I think it's, this passage is almost like a reminder. It's, it's like And that, knowing the time, like this, these are things that they already knew. These are things that the, the Roman church, they already knew these things, but it was just a, a reminder. If you remember... Um, Paul was writing this many, many years after he was saved himself. He'd been ministering for many years, preaching the gospel, doing all these things. And when you were looking at this, he says, I mean, the night is far spent, the day is at hand, let us. Paul's putting himself in there. Let us, therefore, cast off the works of darkness. So Paul's writing these things as a, as a reminder. And I think we need, to, we need a reminder too sometimes. The Roman church is a pretty pretty good church, I would think, in a lot of ways. If you looked in Romans chapter 1 and verse number 8, listen to what Paul says. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. What a testimony, right? Hey, these, aren't, these aren't just a, a group of people that get together and... Uh, no, these, are, these people are very serious about God, very serious about their faith. Paul says, hey, Roman church, your faith, it's spoken of throughout the whole world. You are known by your faith. I wish some of our churches today were known by that same thing. It's unfortunate in the day that we live that churches are known by so many things, but how many churches are known because, wow, they have, they have a lot of faith to the point that it's spoken of throughout the whole world. But here, that's how it is for the Roman church, and yet Paul is still having to remind them of some things. Number one, he's reminding them of the time. The Bible says in Romans chapter 13, verse 11, And that, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Paul's simply saying, hey, we need to remember what time it is because time is short. We need to remember what time it is because, hey, your salvation, the, the reality of salvation is nearer now than it's ever been. What's the reality of salvation? Eternity in heaven with Jesus Christ. That's the reality of it. Hey, it's getting closer and closer and closer. In verse number 12, the Bible says, The night is far spent, the day is at hand. You know, we can look at this and say, Well, we need to know the time because our life is short. And we need to, if we're going to do something for God, we need to do it now. But we also can look at this and say, Hey, Jesus Christ, He's coming soon. He could come back at any moment, right? Uh, wh- there's an old song, um, Some Golden Daybreak. Jesus will come. I wish I could remember all the words. I tried to see if it was in your songbook, but it's not. Um, That's just an old song. But hey, some golden daybreak, Jesus was going to come. Jesus is going to come back. And the night is far spent. The night is almost over. And the day is coming when Jesus Christ will be here again. And praise God, we're looking forward to that. No doubt we are. But what are we doing in the night? What are we doing in this time, in the time that we have? Hey church, we know the time. You don't have to look around and realize, hey, this world is coming to an end at any moment. You watch the news, it's a mess. You look down the street, it's a mess. People are wicked. And it doesn't seem like it's getting any better. Well, one day it's going to get really really good when Jesus gets back, right? But, hey church, do you know what time it is? Do you know the time? We know that the, we know we don't have much time. That's why, number one, we need to remember the time. But number two, it's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. Listen to what it says. And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. Hey, it's time to wake up, church. It's time to... Hey, he was talking to the Roman church. Hey, Roman church, it is time to wake up because we need to do something... The night, it's almost over. Jesus Christ will be back at any minute. When are we going to do something for God? Church, when are we going to do something for God? Are you sleeping? Are you sleeping? I always think about, when I read this passage right here, I always think about the story back in the Old Testament of um, Samuel and Eli, where they were sleeping one night, and God is calling out to Samuel, Samuel, Samuel! And Samuel gets up and runs to Eli and says, Hey, here I am, what do you want? know, that's not exactly what it says, but you guys understand what I mean. Hey, Eli, what do you want? You woke me up, calling my name out, what do you want? Eli, I, I didn't call you, just go back to sleep. And I think that's where some of, the, some of us have stayed. Eli said, go back to sleep, and we just went back to sleep, and we're never going to wake up again. But here, Samuel, he's still listening, and the Lord speaks out again, Samuel, Samuel. And he gets to the point where Eli finally realizes, hey, that's, that's the Lord calling out to, to Samuel. And Samuel woke up and answered God, answered the call that God put on his life. Well, you know, there's a, there's a great call out in this world today. And it's not, it's not this mystical thing. It's not anything. It's not voodoo magic or any of that. It's simply God's word of Him telling us what He wants us to do. What does God want us to do today? He wants us to reach the world with the gospel. The Bible's very clear in Mark chapter 16, where Jesus tells His, disi- tells his disciples, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And that's what God wants us to do. Um, that's the calling that we have as the church today church it's time to wake up because there's a great work that needs to be done there's a great work that needs to be done in our world today i wonder why we're asleep let it not be said that we're the ones sleeping let it not be said that our church is asleep let's do something for god while there's still time look in verse number 12 again the bible says the night is far spent the day is at hand Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. You know, number three tonight, it's time to get right. That's what I think about that passage right there. It's time to cast some things off and put some things on. It's time to cast off those things that aren't helping you in your walk with Jesus. It's time to cast off those things that are not godly. It's time to cast off those things that aren't good. We don't really have to go into much detail. You know what's in your life that's hindering you from really walking with God. I don't know what it is, but there are things that are hindering us right now that are keeping us from Him. It's time to get right with God. It says to cast some things off, but we need to put some things on. I'll be really clear with this. You know what we need to put on? We need to put on going to church. I got no amens on that. I guess y'all don't like going. It's Wednesday night. I know you're you're the crowd that comes. I know you are. We need to put on reading our Bibles. Yeah, we do. We need to put on getting on our face before an almighty God and just praying and begging Him to help us, begging Him to use us, begging Him to do something with our lives. We need to put on... Probably more than that, but those are, those are some of the things we need to put on. Sometimes we might just need to put on a good attitude, right? Okay, let's keep going. Look what the Bible says in verse number 13. Let us walk honestly as in the day, and not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying. You know, I, you know what I really thought is interesting about this verse? Is Paul writes this for a reason. God has put this in his Bible for a reason. When Paul's writing to the Romans, there may be somebody in this church, a good church that's doing something for God, a church where their faith is known throughout the whole world, yet he has to tell them, Hey, let us walk honestly. I wonder how many in the church weren't work were not walking honestly. Hey, we need to walk honestly, not in not in. Riding not in drunkenness, not in chambering, wantonness, not in strife and envying. No, we need to walk honestly. If we need to walk honestly, we, we certainly need to do now look at this verse very quickly. We're almost done in first uh, Thessalonians chapter four. The Bible says um, in first Thessalonians chapter four verse eleven, and that ye studied to be quiet and to do your own business, and to work with your own hands as we commanded you, that ye may walk honestly toward them that are without, and that ye may have lack of nothing. Hey, why do we need to walk honestly? Why, why do we need to do that? Well, church, I tell you, it's not for me, and it's not for, it's not for yourself. We need to walk honestly because there's a lost and dying world that's looking. And you know what they're looking for? They're looking for an excuse. They're looking for a reason not to come. They're looking for a reason not to love Jesus. If they see one of us not walking honestly, well, if that's what they let in the church, why do I need to go? They're looking for an excuse. But church, if we would just walk honestly, then maybe this world could see that we have something a little bit different. Maybe the world would see that we have something that's real. Maybe this world would see that we have something that they really do want deep down inside. And last thing, verse number 14, and we're done. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh to, fill, to fulfill the lust thereof. You know, when I was thinking about this verse, I, I wrote a question down in my Bible, and I asked myself, what do I invest in? it's very clear that we need to put on the Lord Jesus, that we need to put Him into our lives, we need to allow Him to work through us, but we don't need to make provision for the, for the flesh. We don't need to just give our flesh an opportunity to grow, give our flesh an opportunity to serve itself, give our flesh an opportunity to destroy itself. Right? We need to put on the Lord Jesus. I wonder, what are you putting on or are you making provision for the flesh, church? I know this has been just a, a short message tonight, but this world is coming to an end, and we need to be reminded that there's a, there's a great responsibility that we have today. We need to live for Jesus because there's a lost and dying world that needs hope, that needs Jesus Christ, and we're the only hope that this world has. You're you, this. Christians are the only hope that this world has to see Jesus Christ. I wonder if they're going to see Jesus in us. Let's pray together.